Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. will be my interview with a Kenny Omega super fan Issa uh, it was a very it, it's about an hour long I hope you uh, listen and you'll get a chance to get to know one of the biggest Kenny Omega fans I know if not the biggest Kenny Omega fan you get to know about her her journey and a little bit about what she called her Kenny Omega world tour uh, her Twitter is at Asita Marie. That's I S S I T A M A R I E. Uh, like I said, we talk for about an hour about everything Kenny, uh, the young, everything Kenny, the Golden Lovers, and just uh, how her world tour has been, her photography, just a little bit of everything as you get to know another super fan from the elite. Uh, first of all, um, we would be remiss if we didn't send a happy birthday shout out to Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks, who turned 34 on March 13th. Happy birthday, Matt. And just like to remind you that this show is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV is where you can get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe onto your laptop and mobile devices. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. Also, another reminder is on April 7th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time with Social Suplex will be hosting the first ever Suplex Mania event. This will be a WrestleMania watch party and live podcast event at the original Hooters across from Madison Square Garden. Join us for wrestling talk, drink specials, and more. I myself will be at WrestleMania. Uh, I said that last week I'll be at WrestleMania, but you'll be able to meet the other personalities from Social Suplex, including Jeremy and Josh from Keeping It Strong Style. All right, uh, just a first piece of news uh, for people just tuning in for this. A couple of weeks ago, we had on Elite Superfan and my friend Tiffany for an interview. During the interview on that show, we announced a contest with two winners. We've gotten the entries, and the winner is uh, one of the winners is Ryan. 
Uh, he is on Twitter at, uh, let's see, I forgot what his name is on Twitter. Uh, at, uh, at Ryan underscore the underscore great. He uh, got to pick, I reached out to him today and he picked the hoodie. He picked the AEW hoodie. Also reached out to our listener, Nikki. And Nikki has not replied yet, so we're waiting on whether she wants the hoodie or the backpack. Either way, both will be sent out this weekend to the winners. To all that participated, don't get discouraged. I will run more contests coming up. I do appreciate everyone that uh, went ahead and liked the Social Suplex Podcast Network, went to on YouTube, and uh, liked uh, Heart of the Elite with Tiffany. She appreciates all you, and I hope you all stay subscribed and listen to her show, and make sure you tune into our show every Saturday and all of the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, it's yeah, I, I really uh, like my love for wrestling has been elevated ever since I joined the Social Suplex. So I definitely appreciate them for having me on and letting me talk about the elite every week and letting me do this weird idea of not trying to interview wrestlers, but actually interviewing fans. Uh, I've stated it before and I can't state it more that the whole reason I believe that the elite are having success, they are extremely talented, they are extremely hardworking, and hard work does pay off. But the thing about it is their interactions, which has led to their very, very passionate fan base. I think their fan base will fill up any stadium in any state, buy all the tickets, and because of, you know, because of their passion, they'll be in... Las Vegas, they'll be in Jacksonville, wherever they go, you're gonna get you're gonna get a few thousand of the same people because they will follow the elite anywhere. So you will hear a little bit about that from Issa and that kind of passion that I'm talking about. So uh, like I said, I'm thank you, thanks Jeremy for uh, taking the chance. And like I said, this is different. Interviewing fans is different. Yeah, I mean they're not wrestlers, and so. I, uh, I'm glad y'all are hanging with me, but uh, you take a moment, like today, you learn a lot about Issa, and you learn a lot about what she does, and what wrestling has done for her, and I hope to interview more fans, I hope to get more people on the show uh, as we get closer to Double or Nothing, so if you are interested in being on the show, I, I'm not saying it's going to guarantee going to happen, I might use you as a co-host, I might actually interview you, just go ahead and uh, hit up my page at uh, all, at AT Elite Pod, at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. You just hit me up, send me a message if you're interested. If you're not, that's fine. Just keep listening. Uh, I I think you can learn a lot from listening to everybody um, uh, on the show. So again, thanks for putting up with me. So just real quick, like I said, we're just going to do a couple recaps, talk about a little news, and then we're going to get straight to the interview. Don't want to hold you here for six hours. Uh, on this week's uh, BTE episode review, uh, it was called The Lapidated Toothless Gremlin. Uh, so first we get Matt, and he's still yelling out, Michael Nakazawa, Michael Nakazawa. And you see him doing a whole bunch of different things, including getting his hair braid at Michael Nakazawa. And then you get the cutest thing. You get a baby saying, Michael Nakazawa, 
Kenny gives him a call, sells him on Michael Nakazawa. He, he just basically talks like he talking about Abushi, but no, not him, uh, Nakazawa. And he tells him he's bilingual, he'll work backstage, he can work, and Matt pretends to be okay with it. Uh, then uh, Matt and Nick talk about getting to spend time at home and how their dad built them a ring at a child. So you... Uh, uh, at a wrestling ring and they said you're going to get some exclusive behind the scene video of that so that sets up that part of the show you then get Sammy G Sammy Guevara backstage at a show and he's been nice to everyone you get care, uh, a cameo from Bear Brown uh, Sammy talks to everyone and they all like they're nice to him and he's like man I, I, I saw your match but I didn't see your match it turns out those two were in the same match and they say and as he walks away everybody says I hate that guy so, so that's something Sammy G's nice but everyone still hates him uh, then we uh, get to then we uh, get to uh, Kaz being he's talking to a kangaroo telling him about the time he got a case of the Snickers he was interrupted again uh, as he gets called over and they are doing the worst town gimmick uh, and apparently uh, Paul Hogan is one of the only good things about Australia and all the animals are nicer in Southern California we get video clips of the Bucks then we get video clips of the Bucks in their backstage wrestling backyard wrestling we see some reverse 630s some cutters and stunners out of different positions some of the some of the spots that you see today that are considered innovative you are seeing the bucks doing in their backyard so it's like i saw 630 i saw the 054 the reverse of uh, uh, that move the reverse 450 splash uh, it's kind of crazy so uh it was kind of cool that uh you saw where a little bit where the young bucks came from then we go to my favorite segment from this week. Cody is leaves the room, but we never actually see Cody. Uh, we see MJF and Brandy sitting at the uh, sitting at the table, and MJF says uh, he waits till Cody's gone, and he says the thing about a gold digger is I thought they were you know at least supposed to be attractive. Uh, uh, man, Brandy destroys him, calls him ugly, uh, calls him an NWO Flip Gordon. They uh, they go back and forth. He calls her a slut, and they go back and forth, and they both agree that one of them is gonna have to die, and the other one is going to slit uh, the smile in their face as they slit their throat. I just thought this was excellent. I uh, you could sign me up for Brandy and Flip Gordon interactions. I mean seriously. I mean just them interacting. After this, you know, a lot of people will want. A Flip Gordon versus Cody match. I want to flip. I mean, uh, excuse me, not Flip Gordon. Some not a lot of them want an MJF versus uh, Cody match. I want an MJF versus Brandy match. I think that would be just so awesome. Uh, MJF getting put in his place by Brandy. I think that's what that's what I'm rooting for. But I'm pretty sure we're going to get MJF and Cody at some point. But I at least wanted to start with MJF and Brandy. I just think that would be kick ass. Uh, Joey, uh, the next scene we see Joey uh, going up to SCU. They don't pretend like they know who he are. He is. He reminds them. Uh, Joey asked them to have his back. SCU doesn't have time. They was like, if it's not AEW business, we don't have time. And they basically said they're uh, 
disappointed he's from SoCal because he keeps getting beat up. Uh, Joey says, man, you guys have changed, which has been kind of the thing going on. Uh, money and popularity has changed SCU. Flip asks Joey if he, uh, he, Joey then goes up to Flip and asks him to have his bat. And Flip says, well, you think if I beat you up, they'll book me for double or nothing? Joey runs away. Uh, he gets to the backstage and a big dude, don't know who he was, I think I know who he was, but I don't want to say the name, the wrong name, is starts trying to beat up Joey and uh, Masa saves him. And he's basically, he says in Japanese, what happened to the blonde girl that used to have your back? Another reference to Candice LeRae. I feel like this is leading to another blonde girl having Cody's back. I wonder who the blonde girl's going to be. Is that going to be Penelope Ford or what they're going to do with that? Uh, we see the Bucks and we see their collectibles from the wrestling. Uh, we see the all-in belts that they gave. Uh, their YouTube awards. And then you see uh, Nick packing. Matt comes in, and then they leave. That is the end of the show. Now it's a very quick recap because this week, because a lot, a lot happened really. Uh, not a lot that I can say stuck out is happening. And then we get uh, Matt Jackson. A little news on May twelfth, Matt Jackson uh, responded to this tweet from at Dan Roberts one fifty said. Uh, he tagged Matt with all of the perfectly timed run-ins on BTE taking place. Please say there will be a run-in at the G1 Supercard or at least a teaser. We all want to see it. Hashtag AEW. So that was from at Dan Roberts 150. I wanted to give him his credit for his tweet. Matt's response, it was an attempt to be 100% transparent and to not lead anyone on. Nick and I will not even be in New York that weekend, but we will make it up to you very soon. You saw some people complain and kind of get angry about that, but that's pretty much been the stance. Cody said, I'm, he said, I wasn't promoted for the show. Then he says, I'm not booked for that week. Then he flat out said he wasn't going to be there that week, that it's the WWE's weekend, it's WrestleMania weekend. And even though he had a great time last year and they sold out the stadium, he felt, still felt like it was off the back of WWE. So he wasn't going to do that. He's been very honest about that. And he's been very upfront about that. So if anyone uh, thinks they're any different, I don't know what to tell you. I It's been clear. I bought my ticket thinking Cody was going to be there. Believe me, I did. You know, or excuse me, not thinking, but hoping Cody was going to be there. Because I didn't think anyone, no way they would miss that Madison Square Garden show. But apparently they are going to miss that Madison Square Garden show. So just like me, everybody's going to have to get over it. So, uh... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that weekend. I think it's going to be a weekend full of great shows. And that when it's time for May and in Vegas, Cody, the Bucks, Kenny, they're all going to tear it down. The Elite are going to tear it down. But WrestleMania weekend, they're leaving to the WWE. I will still be at WrestleMania weekend. Uh, just a quick a quick rundown of my week. It's going to be Thursday. Uh, I get in Thursday. So I'm pretty much going to go straight to the WrestleCon Hotel, check in for my, you know, check in for, uh, with my two-day pass, and then I'm going to go to, G, uh, I'm going to go to Wrestle, uh, Wrestle, WrestleCon Super Show. I'm going to go to WrestleCon Super Show. Hopefully I get to meet Liger there. Uh, the next day, I will be at WrestleCon during the day. Then I will go to NXT if I can't get a 
ticket to meet Ronda Rousey because I kind of want to meet Ronda Rousey, but I don't want to pay like $600 to meet Ronda Rousey. But I still will go to NXT right after that. Saturday, all a WrestleCon, and then G1 Super Show. Uh, uh, that's what I'll be doing. I will probably, you know, probably during that day, just depending on what's going on, I'll kind of play it by ear. But WrestleCon and the G1 Supercard of Honor is all I'm looking forward to. Sunday, I have access on my uh, screen, but I might do the Bullet Club Block Party, and then I'll hit up WrestleMania. And then on Monday, they have a Monday access, so I'm going to go meet Alexa Bliss, go to Access, and then go to Raw. And Tuesday, I am on the way home. So, if anyone wants to be at any of those shows, I will be the guy, uh, big, the, the, the six-foot black guy, uh, rocking uh, with, a clear, uh, with a clear WWE bag, because I don't... Uh, because I can't, you can't take in backpacks for most WWE stuff. But if you're at WrestleCon, I will have an elite backpack. So uh, don't freak come up, say hi. I will be glad to. And if you're at anything where you see the social suplex, I will be meeting up with them and trying to hang out with them too. Uh, last week, uh, I saw on Twitter, Brandy met with and signed a new woman's talent. We kind of thought it was going to be announced this week on uh, Road to Double Nothing, but it's going to be announced next week. Now, on to the last thing, was just the Road to Double or Nothing Episode 7. Cody and MGAF work out in the ring and see if Cody's knee is okay. Then we get a big Britt Baker package talking about going to dental school and being a pro wrestler at the same time. She's, uh, she's the only woman booked that was booked for all in that'll be a double or nothing. So I suggest, I mean, I want to, I want to do a good job of explaining it, but I ex- suggest that you go watch the road, the double or nothing. They're very short episode seven. I think it gives you a lot of brick background on Brit. And I think she's going to be one of the faces of the women's division. Not, I don't think like I'm coming up with some type of revelation, but uh, she will definitely be one of the faces of the women's division. So the, uh, this package lets you know a little bit more about her. Uh, then we get to Downstate working on Britt Baker's music. To me, it sounds pretty good. It's not really my type of music, but Britt uh, really loves it. Says they dug into her head. Uh, you had a lady singing, and she was pretty good. She was amazing to me, but I don't have like a trained ear or anything. Uh, Cody Cody uh, tells Brandy, unfortunately, he's not ring ready when they go to the next uh, screen. Brandy shows uh, Cody the new Pharaoh plush, and we get Pro Wrestling Tees telling us about it. Uh, then we get Jericho, who leaves Cody a nasty voicemail, reminds him that he's not his boss, and Cody owes everything to Jericho, he, uh, he, including feeding his family and his dog. And uh, Cody and Kenny Omega will thank him after Double or Nothing. I thought this was incendiary, and of course we're getting a code. We're gonna get a Cody and Chris Jericho match. I'm hoping if they do Welcome that, that's the in Chicago. Of all uh, but uh, I think that's gonna be an amazing match. Uh, you just but heard yes, us talking that's about it for this uh, part of the show. We elite. really do want to get. And these, I am very excited. Today. Like I said, the interview have, is an hour, so um, I really want to. Like Kenny I said, Omega I want to, super uh, fan. That's the best way I can hold describe you up here. it. 
I just because want you to get to honestly, know her. Honestly, your level uh, of I think what she does is very, Omega, I don't <laughs> very positive, English word very entertaining. You get so, to know her. Uh, <laughs> is a person behind so, uh, the person. This is Issa. Uh, going she to is all of these Twitter events. And at she, at it was a very pleasant conversation. Uh, I think I've met my on, uh, match in people who can talk. And when I started this process, like you'll hear, I didn't ask a lot of questions. I want to get the biggest elite thing I know and I've heard of. Uh, just a reminder I before we Cody go, Pro Wrestling Tees is running a merch match from you are 12 p.m. on Friday the 15th I, to 12 wasn't p.m. Even close. on uh, it, no other name <laughs> Monday the 18th. Came to my head. Go like, to social, can get her, social, social Suplex. I'm done. Pro Wrestling Tees store and buy some merch. You get 15% off. Well, so the next thing you'll hear is me talking to I'm doing well. How about you? I am and great. she's on Twitter I'm at Asita Marie. Very excited to be looking Asita forward Marie. to this all. Go ahead and like, give her a follow. It and because I hope you enjoy this interview. I, it's like Thanks. one of those things that I think people should know about because, you know, you know, the wrestlers are the stars. Don't get me wrong. That's what we go to see in the wrestlers. But like I said, when it comes to the elite, more than any other group of wrestling that I've seen, the fans have made them so successful. I mean, me being me included in that, I am very much a fan. Uh, the devotion of the fans were willing to travel anywhere to go, and nobody, nobody really articulates, encompasses that more than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, one of the things that I've always, when people you know think about me, they they normally identify me with e- either being Kenny's biggest fan or Kenny's number one fan. And I've always said, I am a fan. I don't consider myself uh, to be his biggest fan or his number one fan because he's got so many people that he's touched and he has uh, established uh, relationships with because of his wrestling or what he's been able to do for them that we are all just his biggest fans, his number one fans. So it's not just me. I've thankfully had the ability uh, and the privilege to set up on this journey to be able to see him, not only him, because um, even though it is the Kenny Omega World Tour and it was inspired by him and it started with wanting to, to be able to see Kenny pretty much everywhere that I could uh, understanding my job, I ended up seeing Matt and Nick and Cody and Brandy and Adam and Marty and meeting so many fantastic people and, you know, meeting additional talent, additional wrestlers that it just turned into this whole just loving wrestling and getting to know them for who they are, not only as talent, but also as people, as you talk to them a little bit every every chance and opportunity you get to meet them so it has been a tremendous experience and it is something so that I actually did for me it wasn't me trying to do anything for anybody or garner any popularity or anything it was I have gotten to this point in my life where I was not living for me I was living for the job all I did was work Um, unfortunately as it happens um, sometimes you have toxic um, work relationships, and I was I, I wasn't shy from it. So I was dealing with a very very toxic uh, location where I was and uh, a boss that I had. So I needed to 
find something else to do. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Was I going to continue to wear the uniform? Was I going to continue to pursue the civilian career or just say, you know what, screw it, start um, from scratch? So the one thing that caught my attention back in 2016 was actually Cody leaving WWE. When he did that, I looked at myself and I said, this is a man who knows, you know, who's only known that, just like I've only known to work for the Department of Defense. Would I be as successful? Would I be able to do the things that that I've been able to do if I were to leave? So that was the first time that in my head I was like, hmm, could I really do this? And then I put it on the back burner and never and didn't really think about it again, but it wasn't until Kenny had his speech after he won the, uh, the G1 special that they did in, in the U.S. for the U.S. title that it resonated with me so much that I said, you know what, I need to do something with my life and I need to start making changes because I can't continue to live for the things that are not making me happy for the things that I think I need to do because it is all I know. And it took a while to figure out how to do this. Um, and it was actually the day, the official day when I, when I said I am going to commit and I am going to do this Kenny Omega World Tour was actually on May 5th. So on May 4th at Wrestling Dontaku, Okada challenges Kenny for a match at Dominion, and things just caught. At that point in time, I only knew when it came to wrestling and seeing Kenny, I was going to do, I, I was committed to doing CEO, and then I was doing the um, the G1 special in San Francisco because they were a week apart, and I could, I could travel from one to the other, so I was taking leave. I was stationed overseas at the time, and I was committed to doing all in. Those were the only three things. I was committed to doing in wrestling. I wasn't planning on doing anything else. And then um, after Okada challenges Kenny, and then actually the, the thing that triggered the, hey, I figure out what I need to do, was when Okada went, Kenny Omega! And I was like, oh, yep, I got it. But I took a whole 24 hours to think about this. Because I was like, Could I, would I be able to pull this off? Can I really, really, really do this? And after 24 hours, I contacted the company for um, overseas people that wanted to go to Dominion because I said I had to be there. I have to be at Osaka Joe Hall to see Kenny win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. I contacted them, and they said, yeah, we still have a handful of packages left. I said, okay, I want one. It was a little difficult because these packages are set up to match where you're from. I'm military, so I was stationed overseas at the time. So I actually had to work and get a letter with permission from my boss. I also have to provide them with my my order saying, hey, I am a U.S. person who is currently stationed in this country trying to uh, go to this other country, to Japan, to see this wrestling match. And it took a little while. It took some coordination and some logistical um, maneuvering, but I was able to do it. And then from that moment on, everything just fell into place. Anywhere that I knew Kenny was going to be, I decided that I was going to be there to support him uh, for inspiring this this movement of uh, 
re-self-discovery and this movement of, of freeing myself from the monotony that my life had become by being the job because of what I had done up to that point and the places that I had been, that I just wanted to live my life to the fullest, watch wrestling, which I love. I've been a, a fan of wrestling my entire life. And just continue to watch the man who is not afraid to tell those relatable studies, stories of love that just resonates with everybody. Awesome. I, man, you're a great interview. I didn't even have to ask any questions there. <laughs> that is awesome. No, I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate it. I, appreciate I, get, I get a little winded when I talk about candy. Uh, <laughs> I definitely appreciate your passion. If you remember, when was the first time you saw him wrestle live? Uh, Dominion was the first time I saw him wrestle live. I really? was physically there. Yes. However, however, the first time I actually watched a Kenny match was in 2010. I and it was it is one of the weirder stories because I was in I was in Iraq. I was deployed in Iraq at the time, and uh, it was my birthday. And a friend of mine, he used to send me, like, uh, back then, and this is before all the information spillage, back then, you know, your email boxes were pretty much unlimited, and you could literally send anything over email, and no one really cared until they started cracking down. So he sends me a zip file, which contains movies and music, excuse me, and then all of a sudden, there's this little file that um, they, they just had a bunch of numbers and I was like what the heck is this knowing better that I opening up something that I don't know I went and still and did it so I opened it up and I just started hearing Japanese and I saw this match and it was their Ryo Goku Sumo Hall match against the Golden Lovers versus Apollo 55 on 11 October 2010 when they won the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team titles I'm looking at this. I have no clue who any of these people are. And these are the things that are going through my mind. I, it is the biggest insult in the world, but I was like, Ibushi looks kind of like Splitter from uh, the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I looked at, uh, <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, it's one of those things, that, you know, the first thing that, that that goes through your mind, and I'm like, yeah, that's not the most flattering thing to say, but then I was amazed by him. Then, I, uh, you know, they, they show um, Prince Devin, and I'm like, he needs, like, 10 cookies and 50 hamburgers. You know, but just all that, just it's just not normal. I thought Taguchi was, and again, at this point, I have no clue who they are. I don't know their names. I'm not understanding what's really going on. I thought Taguchi was lost in decades. I was like, okay, I think he missed the call for the 70s. And then I just saw this gorgeous, out-of-place, blonde-haired man in there. And I was like, what is this? What the heck is going on? Again, the match hasn't started, so I'm just trying to figure out what I'm looking at. I'm, you know, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. I actually grew up watching uh, AAA, Dominicana de Espectaculos, which is the federation in the Dominican Republic. <coughs> I, I watched wrestling from Puerto Rico. WWF was something I saw four times a year because we only got the big pay-per-views, the Royal Rumble, the WrestleMania, the SummerSlam, and the Survivor Series. I didn't really watch much wrestling from the U.S., um, 
because it wasn't available to me, but my uncle had a cable, and I used to watch all Japan, too. So I was, I, I was familiar with Japanese pro wrestling, but I'm seeing two people in this match that are not Japanese, so I was, you know, a little confused at the time, and then I saw that match and fell completely in love with everything that happened in there, and I told my friend, I was like, dude, you've got to find me whatever it is that you can on this man. Back then, it was a lot harder than it is today. There were no real streaming services. Even though YouTube was around, it took forever to get something or you only got some snapshots and highlights. So with a lot of time and effort uh, throughout the years, I was just kept learning and learning and learning about him, but I've never had the opportunity to see him live because I spent from about 2005 to 2017 just in and out of the Middle East. So I didn't have... An, an opportunity to do much traveling. Um, anything that I watched and saw was out of Florida. So if it happened in Florida and I just happened to be there because I was where one of the locations I was stationed at, but uh, always remote, I would go to the show. So mostly I just mostly saw WWE live, but nothing else live. Everything else was whatever I could get my hands on until the streaming services got really good. For a period of time, I was able to uh, go see a lot of Impact because um, they used to record in Orlando. So I used to go to the Impact tapings. I'm actually, you could see me if you go back to Genesis 2013. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the crowd and you can see me wearing a, a, a Harker uh, 5150, you know, because I was a huge uh, Bully Ray fan at the time. But outside of, if it was outside of Florida, I was not able to do it until I decided that I was going to go ahead and travel and do this. So Dominion 6.9, Osaka Joe Hall, uh, when Kenny won the IWGP heavyweight title, is my first time seeing him wrestle live. It's also the first time I saw the Young Bucks wrestle live. Well, my first match, my first match I ever saw Kenny was someone sent me the G1 finals when he won the G1 and he did all the former leaders of the Bullet Club's moves. Uh, that's when I, that was my first, uh, like Kenny Omega. And I was like, Oh, this might be the best wrestler ever. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, it was like immediately when you saw him, you see something different. It's like, you've seen wrestling and then you see how Kenny Omega wrestles. And it's like, this is different. This is, I wouldn't say better, but you it's like one of those things it's like a lot of wrestling you know we've been watching wrestling a long time you kind of get the sequence of how moves are go like chin lock they're gonna sit in there for 10 minutes you know especially old school wrestling kenny omega is one of those people you can't take your eyes off the match because you really don't know what's oh, yeah. happening next <laughs> he's gonna oh yeah he puts <laughs> he puts together sequences you don't see <laughs> oh yeah And one of the things I truly enjoy about him, you know that he is also a former collegiate wrestler, so I see a lot of moves, uh, you know, when he changes his level, when he uh, does the duck unders, whenever he takes, you know, a single leg or a double leg. So there's a lot of that that just resonates with me because I wrestle in high school and college. So every time I see a wrestler that does that and falls back to their, you know, their collegiate, whether it's folk style, freak style, or Greco-Roman background, all of a sudden I'm like, yes, this is the greatest thing in the world. But, yeah, he has, to me, he has a way to captivate you 
not only because of how great, magnificent he is in the ring, but also he gives it all. I find I I I found myself now just watching a lot of his his DDT stuff more. Just you know, because we're we're on this uh, break where he's currently not actively wrestling at the moment. And I go back and just look at things that I looked at, looked at years ago uh, with DDT, and I'm setting up, you know, I'm rebuilding my DDT DVD collection, and you can see every single facial expression, the agony. Uh, he has a way of telling a story that he doesn't have to say much in the match because his body, his expressions pretty much tell you everything that's going on and that's one of the, the things that really 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 attracted me to him as a performer because I also grew up watching telenovelas those are the Spanish soap operas so I have a flair for the dramatic as it is so if you give me somebody that can give you a performance not only has the ability to uh, do moves that I resonate with because hey I used to do them when I wrestle my matches but also who's so athletic, but at the same time can tell you a story in that ring without having to say much just by, you know, like I said, his facial expression, the grunts, the screams, the agony that you see in your in his face. It's just, it's the total package. I've actually told him this in person. I tell him that he is my real-life telenovela. It, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because... Uh, I've mentioned on the show, uh, I have eight sisters, so I grew up watching soap operas. And I always say, I say that about wrestling, that I watch it a little differently than any, everyone else. I'm like, the athletic performance is great, but I need some drama. I need some story with it. And I definitely see what you're talking about with Kenny Omega and how he does tell a story without saying much, which is awesome, uh, which is awesome for him. And I... I just it was just funny because you were talking and it was just like I saw how I try to explain how I watch wrestling and how much I you know how I love wrestling with people so that was really cool I was really cool to have someone that actually you know gets that so how many stops have there been so far on the world tour okay so the first part of the world tour which was the original set of schedule they were the total of 14 stops but some of those stops were multi-days. Like when I, I went to the G1 finals at Budokan, um, that was another place I had to be. Thanks to a friend I made while I was, uh, when I visited Japan for Dominion, Aaron and his wife, Leanne, who um, took pity on this, you know, on this foreign person walking around completely lost, not knowing where she needed to go. And um, I, you know, I finally uh, recognized Aaron's backpack and I said, okay, he could be, or he was military or he is military, so I'm going to approach these people to see if they can help me out some because they actually look like they know what they're doing. So I, I just, I was like, hi! <laughs> and they looked at me and, and uh, helped me out and have turned into tremendous friends. So thanks to Aaron uh, primarily for assisting me in getting a lot of the tickets at the, in the front end. I was at Budokan, so I saw all three days. I actually ended up hospitalized um, the day Ibushi and Kenny wrestled. So I woke up feeling horribly sick. 
and I thought that I was dying. I even called my sister, or yeah, I called my sister, and I was like, "Hey, so if your appendix burst, how long do you have to live?" And she's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in Japan. Kenny and Ibushi are wrestling tonight at the B Block Finals. Um, I I can't miss it. I'm afraid that if I go to the hospital or get checked out." I am going to end up, you know, being admitted and not released before the match. So I'm just going to wait it out all the way till the end. Um, So I waited it out. I Thankfully, I was in row 13, but my row uh, didn't have anybody behind it because we were right by where the audio setup was. So I got to stand up the entire time. So I watched day two of Budokan standing up. Um, Because I was feeling so bad and I couldn't sit down still. I was sweating. I was just feeling horrible. But I was like, I am not going to miss this. I am not going to miss this. I've always said that my the best match I've seen, not live or anything, but the best match I've seen completely, and from start to finish because of the story it told, because of the athleticism for everything, everything that went on, is their 2012 Budokan match. The fact that I saw their 2018, seven days shy of the six-year anniversary um, Budokan match, was just made it to me. That is the to me it is actually the greatest match I've ever seen live, and it's because even though it was a lot shorter than Omega Okada Four, that story, ten years in the making, just had so much to it. I've I also I've also told Kenny this. I'm like I've been emotionally compromised since you know getting to know you guys, meeting you. So that that's how I feel. I can't even imagine how you feel since you're the person who who has put your personal life out there to, like I said, tell these relatable stories and tell your story of love and friendship and partnership with Ibushi. Okay, okay, um, yeah, um. The match in Dominion, uh, the match, uh, your first live match, Omega and Okada. Um, yeah. Did you go in, did you have a feeling it was going to be his night? Did you? Yes. 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 That's why I needed to be there. The moment the moment Okada challenged Kenny, that's, that's why the tour even came about. The moment Okada challenged Kenny, I said, this is it. This is it. This is when it's going to happen, and I have to be there. I was sitting ninth row on the corner where Ibushi was seconding Kenny from. Man, uh, so, okay, okay. So in that in that match, of course, Kenny comes in in the best shape ever. I didn't think he could get in better shape, but, you know, comes in completely ripped up. You know, the match, it's... It's built, you know, pretty much like almost like his final shot or whatever. Uh, uh, Okada's like, I have to beat you because they draw. They drew hour and what six minutes, eight minutes? What was it? I, I know it's a very long time. It was a total. It was it was a total of sixty four. It was almost sixty five minutes. It was sixty four minutes. Uh, the match. So it was an hour and four minutes, almost uh, an hour and five. And um, yeah, it was a match that. From the very beginning, especially after Okada took that first fall so quick into it, that it was just, you know, you get that that fluttering. And it was really hard for me to sit there because in Japan, 
it is very, very the culture for wrestling it is very very different. And you know they show you the video that we see whenever uh, we you know we stream anything live, but they are very very respectful of the talent, and you don't get fans to get up. So me not you know not used to this, I've had the urge to just jump up and scream and and say all these things and try to yell out my support. But I did my best, even though a couple of times I did get up from my seat um, to respect everybody around me and not block their view and not block their ability to see what was going on. So it was, it was a, it, it was a, it was an experience. It was a total experience just from beginning to end. Kenny in the best shape of his life, Kenny with Ibushi by his side, instead of Matt and Nick, which at this point they had been, they had second him, they have corner him in every match with the exception of, of when he won the G1 um, because they were not there. But um, just the whole thing, even just seeing it from where I was sitting, thinking that after that first, he loses that first fall, I'm like, you know, it's really hard to win back-to-back falls. But if somebody can do it, Kenny can. Man, yeah, those that final V-trigger he did, oh, my God. I, I mean, uh, this is how important that match was. I had my friend Ryan, uh, he was over here at, whatever time it started central time i think it was like 1 30 2 30 and because that was uh my birthday's on the 10th of june so we were over here and i was like you know this is what i want to do and we watched that watched that match one of the best matches i've ever seen in my life but it was just like every move especially in that last stretch we were physically reacting to you know <laughs> like jumping up like because you know we wanted you know we wanted kenny to win but i was like i, w- I mean the match was so good i kind of wouldn't have been mad if omega won it was just i mean i mean okada won it was just such a good uh it was such a good experience so i'm glad uh, that is awesome that you were there for it that, that is just awesome that you were there now i wanted to ask did you have to get your appendix out no, I did not. Thankfully, I did not. I, 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 so, that would have been a better follow-up question, but I just thought about it. I was like, I didn't ask about her appendix. No, um, unfortunately, um, the time that I spent in Europe, um, I was in buildings because I was not living the life in Europe. Uh, I, I was on a, a remote tour out there, and the building where I lived, uh, had black mold so I was unbeknownst to me I, I had been getting sick and I no one could understand why and, and it was shut down as like oh well you're from Florida you don't do or and you spend all this time in the Middle East you're just used to hot uh, hot temper temperatures you're not used to this cold and the constant change and I'm like you know it, it has to be something else and it has to be something else so it turned out that it was a kidney infection that I had, and um, I didn't even know because I felt fine the day I flew in. I felt fine that the second, you know, the second day I was there, I was I felt fine the third day, which was the first day of Budokan, and it was the morning of their match where I woke up sick. So I spent the night in the hospital. Um, I finally got released. Uh, again, Aaron and Leanne were actually even volunteered to, to say to me, you know, to uh, look after me if I needed it. And um, they even volunteered to either come and get me and take me to the closest military hospital for me to stay with them. And I'm forever be grateful and thankful 
for meeting them, but thankfully it wasn't necessary. I was released the next day. I was not 100%, but I was there for the finals because I, I needed to see Bushi win it. And that's not the way New Japan was going with it. A little heartbroken after that, but hey, this year's G1 is another story. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely heartbroken. Oh my god! Oh my god! I, I I knew Ibushi was winning that match. Like I knew Ibushi was winning that match. I <laughs> I for the Ibushi and Kenny's match, I had a feeling that even though you know I have all the love in the world for Kenny, uh, as well as I do with everybody else, I knew that their story would would wouldn't be the same if uh Kenny would have gone over on that match. And Kenny has always talked about and said how great Ibushi is, that he is a better you know, he is a better wrestler, he is a better uh person because of Ibushi. And that, you know, having that happen validated all of that. Because, you know, a lot of people say things and then they turn out that that's not exactly what they meant, but Kenny has always maintained that the reason why he joined Bullet Club is because of his internal struggles and issues he had with Ibushi's success and the fact that he had to work harder and that he had to always go the extra mile while everything came so easy to Ibushi that if Kenny would have gone over in at that moment, it would have it wouldn't be the same. And one of the things I said, I know a lot of people hate the match that they had at King of Pro Wrestling, the triple threat with Cody in it, but I look at it from this perspective. It took two men to beat Ibushi. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. Uh, Ibushi is one of those people. He, Ibushi, I had the actual kind of the same type of reaction when I first saw him, because the first time I saw him, because I, I mean, seriously, I watch mostly American wrestling. It's just, there's a lot to watch. Well, the first time I saw him was at the Cruiserweight Classic. I was like, I, I had really no idea who he was. I've discovered him more since then, went back and watched other things, but first thing out of time, I watched him, and it was just like, and you saw him, he had a match with Cedric Alexander, and it was like, it was different. It was like, I, you didn't, like, with those two, I hadn't any experience with Obushi, so I couldn't really tell, you know, who the star of that match was, but both of them came out looking like stars, and Obushi was just amazing, and I was like, anytime this person wrestles, I have to see it from now on. So, it, it was another person that was very impactful, and I understand with you, it just seems like, with you, and you correct me if I'm wrong, it's like, that the relationship as far as Kenny Omega and Kota Bushi, the story that's been told over the years is very, uh, it means a lot to you. So tell me about the golden lovers and how, what that means to you. At first, again, when, when I, uh, first discovered them, I didn't, I, I didn't really understand because all I was getting was little information so it, uh, it took a while for me to truly understand their story and what, you know, how it all came about. Uh, but once I, I came to know what is that they mean to each other, 
And I'm telling you, if you go back and look at their matches in DDT, the things that they do today, like when, you know, Kenny runs to make sure that Ibushi is okay after whatever move, after uh, whatever happens to him, those are the things that were happening back at DDT. But again, I was not really understanding it back in 2010, 2011, 2012. It wasn't until about 2013 when I, when it really clicked and dawned on me that, hey, this, this is more just more than just a tag team partnership. This is this goes beyond that. To me, they're the personification of love, friendship, um, redemption, jealousy, um, putting putting somebody else's need ahead of yours, vice versa, and at times putting your needs ahead of uh, the person you love most because that's that's what you believe you need to do. And it's it's the story of life. It's the things that you go through on the day to day because we feel those same things. We we see them whether it's your personal relationship with your your primary family or whether it's in your personal relationships or your friendships. These are the things that we go through every day and then have them played out in in the sport that I love. It just make, makes it resonate more. I I refer to them as my current version of Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, a a couple that. You just cut out. They, are you... I wasn't getting much from them, but I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that they were really married, but I saw the the things that they did, and I saw the struggle, and I saw the separation. And it just, it's the things that move me emotionally. And Kenny and Ibushi are the two people that have managed to do that by telling their story. And it's the one thing that, um, when deployed, kept me very, very sane at times because I look forward to the next thing I was going to see from them. I look forward to whatever whatever additional information I was going to get my hands on. Okay. And uh, as far as... um... As as far as them, I when I met them at uh, I was at Starcast and I told them you have a weird relationship because if someone need me in the face, you know we wouldn't be friends anymore. So that it was just like that little line they laughed. They like we have a unique relationship, and I'm like okay. I I mean I I could kind of get it, but it was like it's like the physicality which they wrestle with. It's like when they wrestle each other, it's almost like they wrestle harder against each other, and it's yes. like yeah. wow. <laughs> they do, and you know the person the person that you love and trust the most is the one that you're going to. Um, we say go go full go um back when i wrestle and i you know i can i can relate to it cuz when i when i used to uh wrestle my boyfriend for practice i used to try harder and he used to be rougher and tougher on, on me than he was with any of the other females that you know he helped train because he wanted me to be that much better so when I see them go at it, I, I see that. And the other thing about uh, them is that I, I enjoy the fact that they were telling a story of love, just overall love. You can interpret it any way you want, but it is a story of love. And my experiences at this point, and, you know, um, I grew up in a country that where any 
aspect of homosexuality was frowned upon because there, you know, at the, at the time, this it is a country that is very, you know, very very macho, uh, macho culture. And then I grew up watching Mexican pro wrestling, and at the time, it was a very very macho culture. And then the things that I saw, or the representation that I saw in the United States, it was always a joke. It was something uh, to laugh at. Uh, believe it or not, one of the characters that really, really, really attracted me back to wrestling was Goldust because he was so different, because he pushed the envelope, because he wasn't afraid to be, you know, to be a man who touched another man. And it's funny that in the Hispanic culture, they're so macho, macho, macho in certain aspects, but they hug and kiss, the, you know, their relatives and their friends on the cheek in a way to say hello. Yes. But anything, but but if it was thought of that, oh, some, as a person of the same sex may have an interest with you, all of a sudden they turn into this whole other persona, even though they are, they, they have, they are physically relaxed to do that with somebody they know or somebody within their family. So at, at first, I, I, you know, when I started noticing, because I noticed the little things. And I started noticing the little things, the little touches, and I'm like, this is, to me, this looks more than just we're tag team partners. And I've never said one way or another. I've always just, it looked like just two people who have the utmost love and respect for one another, who are very comfortable with each other and are not afraid to show that affection, to, you know, for one another. And to me, that was great. That was fantastic. I didn't have to worry about or look at it being as frowned upon or or saying that, hey, you shouldn't do this, or it wasn't a joke like they try to do uh, with other characters in other companies. It was just allowing two people to be themselves, and that that that's really what you want to see. You want to see an honest relationship. And it's really awesome that that relationship resonates uh, resonates with so many different people, you know, it, it, it is a, it is a polarizing relationship at some times. And, you know, some people love it and feel definitely strong about it. And then some people hate it because even the idea of, you know, them being more than, you know, opponents, more than friends being lovers, it, it rubs people the wrong way, which, you know, me, I, I don't think it should. I mean, every type of story wrestling is this great, absolutely great world where every type of story can be told and it's just it, the fact that they tell a different story to me is just for me as a wrestling fan it's new and it's refreshing and it's 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 a different way to look at it and it's just like you don't get a lot of times you you get a lot of turns and heel turns and all that stuff with friends but to keep people that to have two people that can compete against each other as hard as they do and still maintain a relationship is something that's really unique to wrestling. I know there's probably super over the top, even more than me wrestling fans that will probably come up with like a different occasion where that was likely. But if you have to name less than five, it's very rare. You know what I mean? So this is a very rare situation. Yeah. So I really, uh, I really, I do, like it resonates with me. I was glad to, I'm glad to uh, hear how strongly you feel about it. 
So as far as your stops, what is the longest, like the longest period of travel that you went for one of your stops? Was it Japan? Well, Japan is the farthest I've been okay. because I travel, I travel, I travel to Japan from, I travel to Japan from Europe. I travel to Japan from Florida and I've traveled to Japan from Virginia. Wow. So Japan has been the longest way I've been to see Kenny. Um, the most unique stop of them all. Happened to be when he he did he did his birthday celebration, which at the time I did not know that they were recording his documentary. I just happened to stumble upon it um, when he did he did his uh, PCW uh-huh. Premier Championship Wrestling. He did his uh, uh, his celebrated uh, his birthday there, and I, I the. I, Guess the Twitter notification was released on a Monday, and mind you, I just came back from Japan from watching King of Pro Wrestling. Damn. So on a Monday, on a Monday late night, which I think it was like my, and I don't know how the heck I was still awake. I see this notification that Kenny is going to be in Winnipeg, and I'm like, could I pull this off? Could I really, really pull this off? So I started trying to figure out the logistics. Unfortunately, the, you know, duty calls and when, if you're told you can't go to somewhere, you can't go to somewhere. So that was a very standby last minute thing I did. So that was to me one of the most challenging because of the flight delays and not being able to know whether or not I was going to get there, I was going to get to go. Um, and the time I spent just hanging out at an airport trying to see if my, you know, if my flight was going to make it out, if I was going to make my connection, if I was going to get to Winnipeg. And I actually got there the day of the match. And um, it was an amazing, amazing experience. I've actually, I met uh, uh, several of the wrestlers and then I've said it, uh, the next opportunity I have to go to BCW, I will be there whether Kenny's there or not, just to, to see the show because it is an amazing experience. That is something I wish that we could get more exposure to. Okay, so Premier Championship Wrestling, it's in, it's in Winnipeg, correct? Is that where it's... Yes, that is, that is, that is, that is his... His home, his home, um, uh, uh, promotion. Well, everyone look them up, go support them if you can. I have literally, I've never been to Canada. I've always wanted to go, of course, because like a lot of my favorite wrestlers growing up are from Canada. So it was like, I always wanted to see, I was like, you know, the dungeon. I've always like, dude, I've always thought that they could do if they had a tour of something like that that would be so great it'd be a tour no one wanted to see apparently because the wrestlers say it was like horrible but i would always want to see it because i'm a big old wrestling nerd but um so you canada japan america anywhere else on the tour well the cruise international waters international uh, with the jericho waters. cruise yeah so so far those have been um it's been two continents plus international waters uh 
three different three different countries, and of course, international waters. Um, so yeah, that's. I'd actually type. I'd actually typed a message to you, and I I rem- deleted it because I wanted to ask you. Have you taken photography classes or like you, are you a professional photographer? Cuz your pictures are amazing from these shows. No. I am I am not a trained photographer. So I this is how I actually started this whole photography thing. Um I well, first, I just came back from another hiatus of social media. <laughs> I've um if you go back and, you know, look at anything before 2018, mm-hmm. you're going to see a handful of things. You're going to see me winning um, trivia for the Tampa Bay Rays because I used to be a season ticket holder. You'll see me tweeting about Impact. You'll see me tweeting about, uh, like, Ring of Honor back in the day. You'll see me tweeting about WWE. But you won't see me tweeting about much because I go, there's a span of like two years where there's no, there's nothing on me because I didn't, I didn't tweet anything. Um, so when I came back, and I actually came back because of Katie and Ibushi reuniting. So after, when they reunited in Sapporo on January 28th, I was like, man, I, I, I need to just, all these emotions let it out. So I need to write about it. And I don't have my, like my real life, life friends. Um, none of them are wrestling fans, so I'm on a boat on my own. So Twitter was the outlet where I could um, not only reach out to people that, that are fans of professional wrestling, but it was the one place where at the time no one was following me, no one knew who the heck I was. So I could literally post anything on my on my timeline and no one cared. Um, so I, I came back to social media and I started seeing a lot of the pictures that the Japanese fans were taking. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be something to really, really capture every time you go to a match um, the beauty of what people are doing? Because before then, I took pictures with my phone, and that was about it. I'd never really taken any other picture. So for Dominion, I bought this fancy camera that I didn't even know how to use. Turns out that the first camera that I that I uh, I bought and my Apple products did not uh, mesh well together, so the camera ended up uh, holding all of my Dominion pictures hostage. Uh, we even had to contact Sony so that Sony can the camera could be sent to them and they can uh, um, actually get me my pictures. And the ones that they got that they uh, have been able to recover are you know not the best quality. So. My Dominion experience is just what I remember, what I felt, not so much in pictures, just a handful of them that are okay. So for CEO, I decided I was going to graduate cameras. So I went and uh, returned to Sony and, (coughs) excuse me, and I bought a Canon. Yeah. And all I started doing is whatever I was seeing, that's where I was uh, pressing the button. I literally just point and press the button. I know nothing about working with the light. I know nothing about editing. I know nothing about anything dealing with photography other than point and shoot. I, at the base that I'm currently stationed at, there's actually a photography class, which I am planning on taking just so that I can learn what, I'm, what I've been doing um, 
since I have no clue other than point and shoot. And well, that is that is the reality. Well, you are a natural, and I will tell anyone here, if you go to her Twitter and you scroll <laughs> through and see some of the pictures – they are they are definitely professional quality. I was like, I I bought a Canon too to take pictures of mine. None of my pictures turn out that good, so so I can tell you you do have a natural talent for it. You, you had to actually start adding a watermark because people were taking your pictures, right? Yes, at first I wouldn't. I was I didn't want to be one of those people that uh, was going to not share her work or her pictures. Um, from the beginning, and I even, uh, there's a post from me uh, from, I guess it was either after CEO, where I said, hey, as long as you don't claim the pictures are yours, you you know, you, you can use my pictures, you can repost my pictures. And a lot of people were really, really good about uh, giving credit, even without me doing anything, putting a watermark on it or, or whatnot. It wasn't until all in. When I happened to take the same picture that the photographer that was that, that was there, Scott Lesh, amazing photographer by the way, um, he 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 him and I took the same picture. I was sitting on the seventh row by the entrance, and he was actually the photographer for All In, or one of the photographers for All In. And he took the same picture I took, and um, I um, I'm. His name is escaping right now, but his first name is James, and he's the one that did the picture book for All In. He also took the same picture I took. So the three of us have the exact same picture of Kenny okay. when he is flexing at the entrance ramp. Um, and that picture became the most stolen, sought-out picture until Wrestle Kingdom. And I noticed that somebody reposted that, that picture, and he identified himself as a photographer, and tag Kenny about, you know, how amazing he looks in his beautiful work, pretty much alluding to that he was the photographer who took the picture, and that bothered me. Because, again, use the picture. Don't try to claim that it is yours. So I that's, that's, at, the, at that moment, I literally went and deleted every single picture I had posted up to that point. Because I was so angry. And I don't get angry normally. Um, I've been through some experiences through, because of where I've been that with time I've learned that there's no point of getting angry about things. There's more to life than just holding a grudge or, or, or maintaining hatred or, or ill feelings towards anybody because, again, tomorrow is never guaranteed. And when... You wake up almost every day to, you know, incoming. You, you you get to prioritize and value things a lot different and look at life very, very differently. Um, so that was the first time I, I was really, really, really angry that somebody would would steal. You know, my, my biggest thing, I've always said that um, if, you, if you are a person without integrity, without credibility, you know, just don't bother talking to me. Because that's that's not who I am, you know. I'm what I'm literally what you see is what you get. Um, so I want the same for me with the people that I interact. I, I hope that I am getting to meet the person that you are, not your representative or or somebody that you're trying to to present to me. So that I I like you or whatnot. I want to see the real you. So when that was done, I was I became very upset, and then I slowly started putting them back on, and then I started doing. 
and started putting my, my Twitter handle on them. So things got a little bit better, and it wasn't that bad. And then I took those entrance pictures of Kenny. And not, not so much the when he was at the entrance ramp. It's when he is walking through the light, mm-hmm. and he stops and turns around and turns around to look at the audience at, at, uh, at the Tokyo Dome. And I capture, you know, it's pretty much a profile of him. So that became the, the next most stolen picture to the point that I found it in Pinterest where they had covered uh, my Twitter handle and they had put a different background to it and then they had put their own watermark to it. That's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm annoyed for you. I mean, that's... that's it is. <laughs> so I went back and I did the same thing. I took every single picture I had posted up. I took it down again. And then I began reposting them, and then I just put my whole thing, like, across the picture. I'd be like, okay, you want to steal the work? Steal the work. But you're going to have to deal with the fact that, you know, uh, some form of my watermark is, is part of the picture. And I am thankful to a couple of the photographers that reached out to me when this happened um, who told me, you know, not to let it get, not to let it get me down, not to discourage me from doing what I was doing, because I even, I, I seriously thought about never sharing, you know, going to shows, taking pictures, but never sharing them again. Because people were not respectful to, not necessarily my work, because I don't consider it work, but me sharing my experience, what I'm doing, you know, the love that I'm capturing through the lens, and they're taking it and claiming it to be theirs. It's, it's not right. Yeah, it's it's definitely not right. Like I said, when I see your pictures, you know, there was they are great pictures, and you should get all the credit that you deserve for taking them. I mean, not a, it's the going to the events, it's everything that goes into it. Now, I, I definitely have a question about that. It's like in Japan, I've noticed, I look in the crowd, and they, can, they don't have any kind of camera restrictions, do they? No, they do not. As long as you, your camera is not blocking somebody's view, as long as you are not trying to capture an image and you block somebody's view by doing so, as long as you are not recording video, you pretty much can take any camera that you want. Yeah, it is crazy because um, that's so different from America. <laughs> yeah, and but see, what this is the one thing I never understood about the picture and video policy. So here in the United States, they tell you, well, your camera cannot be... Uh, uh, you know, uh, fancy-looking professional, but you can bring your cell phone, which record videos, which you can take an instant picture, which gives you the ability to immediately post. While my camera, I have to wait until I'm home or at the hotel with Wi-Fi so I can uh, put in the, the, the disc into my computer so that then I can transfer my pictures from my computer to my phone because I have no clue how to uh, manage anything outside of how I know how to use my phone. So I can't, I don't even, I can't even post to Twitter from my laptop. I have to do everything through my phone. So I transfer the pictures to my phone. I crop out all the stuff that I don't want to see. And like, if there's a shadow, maybe, you know, I've learned how to do that, how to remove like the shadow in the background. Um, and if there's like the lighting, um, you know, kind of 
working on the image, I, I've learned how to, you know, make it a little bit darker so you can actually see the image better. Um, and that's about, that's, that's all I know about editing to this point. Oh, yeah, and I learned how to uh, put the copyright now thanks to uh, one of the people that reached out to me. Um, so that it takes a lot longer. Sometimes it takes a day or two for us who use, you know, who use a non-phone camera to take pictures. And yet they're here in the States, they're like, oh, no, you can't use any of those. And I'm like, but you're okay with people with a phone recording and posting videos, which is exactly what you say you're not supposed to do. I've been, I, I've always, and I actually, um, I bring mostly clear bags to the sporting events now so that it's a lot easier. So they see my camera, and they've never flagged my camera, thankfully, um, except the Jericho Cruz, which I'm still upset about that. My camera was the one that was targeted. Um, they said that my camera looked bad uh, for when when they did when they were recording the matches, and I'm like, I wasn't even on the side of the hard cam that you guys were using, so my camera wasn't as you know as as this uh, as disrupted as, the, as they try to make it be, and uh, yeah, that that sour a little bit my experience. But outside of the Jericho Cruise, I've never had a problem. I've never had an issue with bringing my camera and taking pictures. Yeah, um, with mine, because I have a Canon also, um, <clears throat> I have to, um, like, when I go to WWE events, they're not allowed. I just basically go until I find a guy that doesn't know what he's doing, and then I get in. <laughs> I've been told, oh, you got to yeah. keep that camera, so I just go to another entrance, and then I'll get a person that doesn't know what they're doing. Because I don't get to do the extension. I just have, you know, the basic lens on there, which is honestly, I think, shorter. is like right at six inches. So it shouldn't, based on their rules, it shouldn't flag, but they flag me quite a bit. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I do like the other shows where they don't bother you as much. So no, because you're, you're not doing anything. You're not taking you're not taking away from their content at all. On the contrary, um, when people post these pictures, what it does is attract more people to the product. What you're doing is showcasing, you know, what you experience, so that it may entice other people to say, "Hey, you know what? I may want to go look at this." But instead, um, they target the cameras, but they don't target the cell phones, which allowed for live streaming yeah yeah and i mean you see it during the show you're on twitter you're on yeah. facebook people are posting live videos of entrances and stuff like that and it's just like i don't i don't like it it is weird because and, and i know what it is it's like you can get someone apart with their camera but you can't get someone apart with their cell phone a lot of people a lot of less people would come into a show if they couldn't bring their cell phone so I don't know. It's just it's just very weird. But uh yeah, I just like I said, the whole point of this was just to tell me and tell you I really enjoy your pictures when I go to your page and you post new stuff and I look at it and it's just it's like you're there. You know, it's like you know, we're there with you when you're looking at your pictures. So keep posting. Uh don't let the don't let people stealing them stop you because the people that aren't stealing them that are just looking really appreciate what you do. So you said there was how many total stops have there been? Let's go back to that. How many total stops have there been on the Omega World Tour? Fourteen. Okay, so for the first part, yeah. the first part, which was from Dominion to Wrestle Kingdom, there were fourteen. Okay. 
I actually did a three-peat, which I saw Kenny Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at three different events. It was uh, it was from Florida to New York, and New York to California, California back to Florida. Wow. And then now, for part two of the tour, we have the first stop, which was the Double or Nothing ticket um the, the ticket announcement party. So that was the first stop. So this go around, instead of me saying, hey, the, you know, I'm gearing up for the second stop of the Kenny Omega World Tour, I am actually going to do it a little bit different. I am going to show up and then announce when I'm there. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I hope I'm not spoiling. You're going to be a double or nothing, right? Yes, I will be a double or nothing. That is that is not a that that um, that is confirmed. It's not. It's that one is not a secret. But I'm talking about uh, for any other appearances that I might do because I didn't just go see Kenny Russell. I went and saw Kenny on some of the appearances he did, and and those were also part of the stop. It wasn't just I'm going to go see Kenny Russell. It's I'm going to go see Kenny and show my support and be there and. Um, have the ability to have a conversation with him and whatnot. So that's that's how this go it's going to uh, this go around is going to be because you know there was a lot of expectation of where I was going to be. So this this go around is going to be the element of surprise. So if I show up and him and the guys are not expecting it, all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm here, which was the one of the most interesting things because I saw Kenny before. Um, the night before the uh, he he was introduced as not only the fourth executive vice president of AEW but also as a signed talent, I actually had seen him the night before, and the look on his face when he realized that I was sitting there having dinner with Tiffany, and we're sitting next to um, at, uh, at Matt and Dana who were having dinner next to us, it was just priceless. Like. Uh, the reaction when he saw me in Canada was amazing, but the reaction when he saw me in Vegas was even better. And that's awesome because it's like he knows you. He knows you. He sees you, and he's like, oh, you know, that's Issa. And it's like, that's cool because, honestly, with most fans, that's the level they want to get to. You know, they want to even, – even if – if you consider them friends, that's great. Even if they're not friends, you you at least want them to know that you're supporting them. Like, hey, how's it going? That kind of thing. And it was like, um, so that's kind of cool that he's like, oh, he, he is surprised and delighted when he does get to see you. That is, that's what we kind of all shoot for when you're in the fandom. You just want to, you know, kind of be like that second level of kind of knowing the other person. So y'all have had conversations, and right? Yes, yes. I've actually had I've had the opportunity to talk to him uh, more than just the your your typical meet and greet because I have seen him in places where it's not at an event. I've ran into him in in somewhat public places, and and again, I've taken the opportunity to see him. And um, one of my one of the very first times that that happened, it was actually right after I saw him at CEO, and he immediately recognized me. And from that point on, he's 
recognized me every time. And one of the the things that a lot of, because a lot of people, especially when they see me in the line for the meet and greets, and if he spots me in the meet and greet, like he'll wave hello. And, you know, Marty does that, the Bucks do that, Cody and Brandy do that as well. Uh, and I always get asked this question. So do they, they know you, right? You're like their friend, right? And I've, and I've always given them the same answer, which is they know who I am. He knows who I am, and I won't go beyond that. And I've always, and I get asked also a lot, you know, hey, what the things you talk to him when you're talking to him, and um, that's something I'm not, you know, I've, I've never disclosed because it is my conversation with him. It is the conversation that again, it wasn't part of a paid meet and greet or or anything like that. And um, the one thing I I always say is, every time I have an opportunity to let him and let all of them know uh, how much I support and appreciate what they do and um, how great they are with their fans and the fact that their way of being is one of the things that just keeps the fans coming back because those experiences are like you are seriously talking to friends. It's the most natural conversations of all. I've even posted pictures of myself and some of them that where I'm very, very animated because I, I speak with my body. I don't just speak with my mouth. I speak with my body. I move around a lot. I, you know, I make tons of, uh, of faces when I'm trying to get a point across, and they see that, and just looking at them, look at me, and, and people taking pictures of, the, of, of those instances just show you how relaxed they are when they're meeting their fans and how happy they are to meet their fans. Well, that is, man, that is awesome that you have those experiences with him. It's like, like I said, a lot of people don't get those chances, but, you know, you, you're there. You're there. You see it, and that's great. It's good that he knows you. Um, So, um, it feels like we've covered everything, honestly. <laughs> like, you told, me you, yeah. talk, you, you told me you could talk about Kenny forever, and I made sure that I, I like, separated a lot of time to uh, for you to talk about him but uh you you say like this is kind of the second part of your tour you're going to be doing um you're going to be doing stop pins and pop pins no one's going to know where you're coming so that's kind of that that is awesome are you going to be in i know this is not elite related but are you going to be in new york for wrestlemania weekend yes i am i will be um i've actually have a very full schedule day thursday I am going to be there to support a ton of wrestling, to include DDT, which, by the way, I saw um, when I was in Japan. I'm a, I'm a DDT fan. I, I Again, I found out about DDT through finding out about Kenny and Ibushi. And I, again, as a person who grew up in with uh, telenovelas, which, by the way, they're not like the, the soap operas in the United States, you know, that go on and on and on and on and on for like 50 years and whatnot. So uh, telenovelas either have six months or you, you have six months if you do really, really well. If you are that popular, they may pick you up for, you know, uh, another season. But if you suck, they, they'll take you out, of, uh, out in two weeks. So to me, DDT is like all of that, where you can get the greatest, best stories told, or you can get the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like right now I'm having a ball and hoping that uh, Sasaki, Daisuke, uh, Mr. Charisma gets it together because I need him 
to win, you know, to win against Takeshita, who he just lost to at Judgment. He uh, lost the KOD um, title to Takeshita at Judgment, and I need him to get it together. I need to see Polkodan. I need, you know, I need to see all of that um, as a fan of pro wrestling. I'm also going to go see Stardom. I'm going to support the uh, Yoshi wrestling here in the United States. I got to see them when I was in Japan. They're freaking amazing. For anybody that has the opportunity to go out there and see them, please do so. Um, you know, I've made uh, a, a ton of, uh, established a ton of uh, online friendships with people, you know, that are not only just fans of Kenny. They're they're fans of other promotions and not necessarily even fans of, of Kenny at all. That they're, they're, they know who he is or they like him well enough, but it's not like me where I even set up a tour after the man. Um, but we've bonded over our love and appreciation for other wrestling to include Japanese pro wrestling. So DDT, <clears throat> hopefully one day we'll get Noah somewhere here in the United States or, or them giving us the, the capability of a really reliable streaming service so we can see more of them, so we can support them and start them. I just love it. Yeah, and so uh, so you're going to those shows. Any other shows you're going to hit up? I'm going to be at G1 Supercorn. Okay. I will be there. Um, I, and I will be at Joey Ryan's penis party. Okay. That yes, is so I'm doing that one too. Well, I will, yes. I um, will be at G1 also, so I'll get to meet you. Oh, yes, definitely. Just make sure. Um, I cut off my hair. I used to, um, I used to tell people, <laughs> yes, uh, unfortunately, I tried. I tried again um, to let it grow out one more time, and after 15 months, I gave up. Um, yes, I am not a quitter, except when it comes to hair, just because I, I, I don't want to deal with it. But before I used to tell people, I will be the person walking around with the um, Mickey Mouse backpack and the two little buns. So now I'm the person that's wearing anything Hao Ming with the short hair. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I, yeah, I definitely I definitely look forward to meeting you. It's, uh, like I said, Tiffany talks about you very glowingly. She, she, uh, she, I was like, when I was talking about, it, she's like, you gotta get Issa, and I was like, I, that was my plan. So I was like, uh, she, she's, yeah. y'all are really good friends. I can tell because she is all about. Uh, she, she definitely uh, speaks highly of you, the Kenny, uh, Kenny to her Cody, and that is awesome. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we started, we started that because of you know the ongoing uh, thing I have, which keep your friends close but your Cody closer. So I, I changed. <laughs> that to say keep your friends close but your Tiffany closer uh, in, in a very affectionate way um, we didn't actually like we we really we met at All In and like we bonded while at All In we had been you know we we were mutuals uh, we spoke to one another but it wasn't until All In when we finally got to know each other uh, better that we realized that um that man, you know, we both feel the same level of passion for one particular person. We love, you know, we we have tons of love for everybody else, but there, there's this this unique way of of looking at somebody else. Uh, hers happened to be Cody, me happened to be Kenny, 
And then during the cruise, that's when it just all came together for us. And then we realized that, you know, I'm the Kenny to her Cody and she's the Cody to my Kenny. And that's awesome when you can find friends inside of wrestling. I've made a lot of people, a lot of friends of people I would not have known other than with wrestling, just seeing them at a constant event. So it's kind of cool that you found someone that uh, you found someone to connect with that you can go to shows with. That is, that's awesome. Like I, I, I say this all the time. It's like, I honestly feel like I could go to show and I would just find someone there. Even if I don't go with anybody, cause that's just how wrestling yeah. is. You know, we're, we're a bunch of weirdos. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I well um and Tiffany was with me when this happened. Uh, we were on our way to the hotel, and an Uber driver asked us, you know, hey, what's the thing about pro wrestling that you that you guys? Why are you such big fans? And I was like, we look at it like some people look at their favorite sports teams or their favorite uh, shows. Everybody gets you know has an emotional attachment or develops. And an emotional relationship with um, that show that they're watching. So we do the same thing for pro wrestling. It's there's it's no different whatsoever. Um, some of us want, maintain that suspension of disbelief, just like you know we know that in the Fast and the Furious movies, Dom cannot jump from one car to another in the middle, you know, of the air, fifty feet, and make it. But because the movie shows us that it happened, all of a sudden we believe that it happened. It's the same thing with wrestling. And when the Uber driver heard it, he was like, oh, wow. That is, you know, that is a different way of looking at it. And I'm like, it's not a different way of looking at it. It's just realizing that just as people develop an interest for whether it's Game of Thrones, um, you know, La Reina del Sur, whatever it is that you're watching on TV, we do the same thing for wrestling. And pro wrestling has led me to meet, like I said, some of the greatest people. I already, we've already talked about Tiffany. We talked about Erin um, and Leanne. I've had the, the, the pleasure of meeting, you know, some of Kenny's awesome Japanese fans with meeting uh, Koito and meeting Umi, who is an amazing person, an amazing person. I've also met other fans. Uh, actually, one of... Uh, Hangman Page's biggest fan, Bob Roba. She's the one that does the little caricatures. Oh, she's an, she's an amazing person. Got to meet her. Then I have Karen. Um, at Karen Nerds Out, she is somebody that we didn't even realize we were both in Florida. <laughs> and um, she invited me over one day so that we could watch. And it was the it was destruction. And it was when Kenny wrestled Ishii. So September fifteenth, I was at her house, and we just connected. Um, very recently before that, and we went and, and we watched it together and then just caught up and watched a ton of wrestling. And, you know, Tara and Whitney and Kat, and there's, you know, I can go down the list, Mary Kay, Jules, um, uh, Alex, of course, and Sydney. And like I said, I can go on and on and on and on and on with the amazing people that I met thanks to pro wrestling. And, uh, I, you know, if I try to name them all, we would be here for another six hours. And I know that, uh, you know, the people that would listen to this would be like, okay, she needs to just call it quits. But, yeah, some, some of the most amazing people in the world, especially our favorite uh, social media guy, Dave. Oh, uh, yeah, the social media guy. Um, I see his posts quite a bit. 
Yeah, no, he's a, he's another amazing person, and Mark, and Nate, and Allison. Yeah, like I said, I've I've had the the pleasure and the privilege of meeting so many amazing and great people. Not only um, in you know that I've I've met in person, but other people that I haven't other uh, people I haven't met. I I've actually um, met and 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 spent quite a bit of time with a uh, with a wrestling fan from uh, fan from Indonesia, Adam. Uh, she goes by Aromi in, in, in Twitter, and she is just not only so knowledgeable when it comes to Japanese pro wrestling, but she just has such a different way of looking at things and so full of energy and so full of passion with everything that has to do with wrestling. Um, so getting to meet different people like that is just it's just fantastic. I never thought that I would hang out long enough in social media uh, to be able to get to know these people. You know, and they become like your extended family. And I, I, I say that all the time. Uh, I don't really make, it was like something I stole from Dom. I don't make friends. I make family. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. but, you know, cause I like, like I said, all the experiences that, um, you've combined that they've shared, you know, me and Tiffany are just realizing that we've been at like a lot of shows together like a weird amount of shows and we've never we've you know we never met i first time i met her was at nwa 70 uh for cody's match against nick but we had been at like a lot of stuff at the same time so it's kind of funny because as big as the wrestling world is it's very small you'll eventually meet everybody so do you have anything else that you would like our audience to know do you have anything you want to plug um i really i'm Still shocked and amazed that people have taken interest not only in my um, in the photography that I've done. By the way, again, I am not a professional. I have no training. All I do is whatever I see. That's where I point and shoot. Um, but um, just I'm, I'm thank you to all for showing the love and support that you have for you know in following this journey that has opened up a lot of things when it comes to realizing who I am, the person that I am that had been, I had shut down just because again of, of the experiences of where I had been um, at, at the time, mostly in, in the combat zone and for continued, you know, to be part of it. This, it has been a wild ride. I've, I've never thought that I would go to Japan or that I would go to Japan five times in seven months that I would be recorded for um, for a show called Why Did You Come to Japan in Japan? And instead of talking about, you know, food, which is primarily what the show is about and your reason for being there, I turned that conversation into just talking everything about Kenny and just continuing to show, you know, kindness and acceptance to other people and realizing that it is okay to love this thing that we call professional wrestling that just happens to be um, men and women telling their stories in the ring. Well, I would like to thank you for talking to me, uh, talk to me, especially uh, for an hour. I, uh, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, you sharing your experiences and your love for Kenny. That's, you know, I mean, exactly what this interview was is exactly what I want to get out there the passion of the fans of the elite, the reason I believe the, when people say AEW could fail, I'm like, I don't think it can. 
because of fans like you, fans like Tiffany, Sydney, you know, such passionate, willing to go anywhere to see them, willing to support them in any way you can, that it's almost impossible for them to fail. And so uh, if you want to follow, if you are not weren't familiar with Issa before this, follow at Isita Marie on Twitter. She puts up a lot of pictures. That's I-S-S-I-T-A-M-A-R-I-E on Twitter. And uh, I will your your link to your Twitter will be in the show notes. And again, I'd like to thank you. I can't wait to meet you. Well, we were, it seems like we're going to be at a few of the same things this year. So that's going to be awesome. And uh, <clears throat> thank you for being on the show. Oh, and thank you for giving me the opportunity and the forum to talk about Kenny for an hour and a half. You know what? You probably could go on a lot longer because you know kenny's awesome and I, you know it, that's yes, I, can. I feel the same way with cody it was like uh i feel the same way about cody but you know i'm a big cody fan so uh i definitely give you a platform to explain your love is uh for kenny is awesome and so everyone oh in- yeah but before we go yeah before we go you gotta put it on a record I'm sure you saw the G1 special in San Francisco, right? I did. I did. Uh-huh. And you saw where that chair that Cody had pointed at Kenny was going had it not been for Haku, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just want to put it out there because a lot of people, I'm like, hmm, that's why I keep saying you keep your friends close, but you keep your Cody closer. And, and you know what? That is what I love about Cody is his complicated nature. As in, he can, he, 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 no one is all the way good or bad. And that is Cody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And to me, you want the, to me, the best promo uh, I have heard in my lifetime, actually, that I was able to comprehend what was being said was when, right before that match, when it, it I believe it was published like June. Uh, June 29th or something along those lines, the week before when Cody did, you know, the state of the Bullet Club and literally told Kenny to not take a deep breath because he would reach down his body and take it from him and that he was going to live his dreams and nightmare at the exact same time. I, by the way, I have the promo memorized. But, uh, yeah, that to me was more, one of the more eerie, just wonderful, amazing, amazing things, just the pictures on the wall and everything. I think... Cody is a master at what he does and just being able to turn it on and off, just being, you know, almost psychotic evil to then all of a sudden being the most likable person is just amazing. Yes, definitely, definitely. I I even said it. I was like, I love Cody. I don't know if I don't know if I hung around him, we would be best friends or not. I don't know. (laughs) Because he doesn't seem like a hard person to piss off. He he is no he is the he is an amazing person. I've been fortunate to be able to you know to see him and gotten gotten to talk to him again outside of the the your typical paid meet and greets. And he is the most humble, most genuine, one of the most genuine people you will ever meet in your lifetime. It's a totally different than the character that he portrays. It is like you be surprised to see how well uh, Randy and Cody really take into whenever they want to be evil, they can be as evil as that, you know, as you can, but the people that they are, that the people that you actually need are totally different. They're amazing. Yeah. Uh, every time I've met him, he's been awesome and nice. 
and he never remembers me, which is all this, which is okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but, um, but it's um, in in Nashville, I accidentally almost stole his cell phone. I thought it was uh, my oh. fiance's phone, and I walked off, and I brought it back. You know, I didn't even look at it. I, I honestly never flipped it over. Once I saw she had her phone, I brought the phone back really quick. But then it was like uh, he didn't trip. I mean, me, somebody takes my phone, we're gonna have a problem. He didn't trip. He was like, okay, you know, he realized it was an accident, and so that was a little bit of that right there. It's like because <laughs> his phone was like right there where i thought she had set her phone to take the picture so it was just it was just a very weird moment <laughs> so uh but yeah that hey, is but that is it's a story yes it's a story to tell yeah, yeah as i'll say that is my only cory cody story <laughs> so that is awesome but uh um yeah, but that's all. That's it. I, I hate the cold ending here, but uh, I will end it the way I want. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for sticking with us. I'm glad y'all got to know Issa 